I'm Beth Kuehl, your executive career coach and host of Breakthroughs, Smart Strategies for Business and Career Growth. Today, I'm pleased to have as my guest, Jason Rollin, the Director of Social Impact and Philanthropy at Jobani. In this role, he oversees philanthropic investments and grants for the company. Jason manages the organization's nonprofit and public sector partnerships on issue and policy-related initiatives, advocacy campaigns, and natural disaster response efforts. In this work, he partners with senior internal leaders to define goals and priorities and seeks to drive meaningful change at the local, state, and national level through an effective use of the company's voice, profits, and people. He also co-develops internal wellness initiatives that establish policies of greater inclusion, diversity, and equity for Jobani's more than 2,200 employees. Prior to Jobani, Jason served as communications director for the Human Rights Campaign, as communications director for Ambassador Capricia Marshall at the U.S. Department of State, as press secretary for Congresswoman Jackie Speer, as press aide at the Center for American Progress, and on then-Senator Clinton's 2008 presidential campaign. Welcome, Jason. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Over the years, I've been watching Jobani and impressed how leadership not only continues to create innovations for its products, but has aggressively pursued tackling social issues. That being said, I'm curious to learn about the impactful work you're doing as Director of Social Impact and Philanthropy at Jobani, particularly now during the pandemic. Thanks so much for having me, and, and thanks for thinking of me and also of uh, Chibani for this exciting opportunity. Jason, how did you arrive at your role as Director of Social Impact and Philanthropy at Chobani? Sure. So the last job, I should say, before I joined Chobani was at the Human Rights Campaign, which is the nation's largest LGBT civil rights organization. And I, I worked there from 2014 to 2016, which was really a seminal moment in time for that movement. It specifically came at the time that marriage equality reached the Supreme Court for the, the most recent and, and ultimately, I hope, final time. The case was decided there by a plaintiff, uh, Jim Obergefell, and, and many others that ultimately was successful and ruled that marriage equality was the law of the land. At the same time, we also saw a wave of anti-equality bills and pieces of legislation that were being proposed and passed in nations all across the country, 150 in total, which is just a massive, massive number. And so what we did to effectively respond alongside the voice, kind of the first time this had happened with the private sector, with businesses, trying to leverage that included working very closely, a very large number of partners at the national level and at the local level in, in states and municipalities was we worked very closely in how companies saw themselves, but also ha as, as how Americans viewed companies as being part of this national conversation about values, about treating people with dignity, and about what the future of our country can be, should be, and must be. And so that experience opened my eyes to an untapped reservoir of potential for companies to make a meaningful difference in the lives of people each and every day. And the power that a lot of companies had then and have now to drive meaningful change in society. And so when an opportunity came to join Shabani, a, a brand that I was familiar with, that I had long admired, I jumped at it with some of the most preeminent brands in America. And I think, frankly, their, their work, their role in, in participating in this discourse represented a sea change. And so I've been at the company now about four and a half years, and a, a typical day for me in this role um, involves a lot of Zoom calls, as you might imagine, because we're in the middle of the pandemic. And I'm constantly having conversations with leaders in our communities, 
We have a plant in central New York, in, Idaho, uh, in, in south central Idaho as well. So 1,100 folks about an hour and a half south of Syracuse in New York. And then 1,100 employees about an hour and 45 minutes south of, of Boise, Idaho. So constantly having conversations with them to understand what's going on on the ground and how we can help out and make a difference. On a lot of conversations and emails, of course, with partners at the national level working on issues that are near and dear to a heart. I think the most important right now, frankly, is the child hunger crisis, which is part of the nationwide hunger crisis, which is just an absolute disgrace and so much more needs to be done. I'm constantly speaking to colleagues inside the business to understand where there are opportunities for greater synergy and collaboration to, to increase our, our impact and also scale it as best that we can. And also constantly speaking to NGOs and organizations all across the country who come to us with good ideas or uh, shed light on issues and problems that various populations and various regions of the country are facing. Jason, what would be the highs and the lows of your role at Jobani? I think some of the, the highs in this job are actually, I'm going to be speaking to some, some college students in about an hour and a half. And I think this is going to be the high of the week or maybe even the month. We established uh, a Chobani Scholars Program about two years ago at the University of Idaho, as well as Cornell University. They're in, and they have the two preeminent agricultural and life science programs in the nation. Idaho and New York, respectively, with specifically uh, dairy programs. As you know, we sell Greek yogurt. Overwhelming majority of the products that we sell are dairy-based, and they're delicious, and they're great for you, and I highly recommend them. And we believe that the future of dairy in America is strong, but there are a lot of challenges that, that many farmers and farming communities face all across this country. There are real, real challenges. And so what we wanted to do was invest in the future of dairy and make sure that the leaders of the future of dairy had what they needed to be as successful and innovative and impactful as possible. And so $20,000 scholarships to four students at each school every year. And so I'm going to have the chance to have a Zoom call when I normally, normally would go upstate and take them out to dinner or go to Idaho and take them out to dinner and learn about how their semesters are going hear from them about what their uh, coursework is like, their friends that they're meeting, uh, what their, how their major is and their, and their coursework is going to inform what they do in the future and try to get them set up with uh, an internship at the other side of the, of the virus. Uh, we made a commitment to them to give them an opportunity to um, intern at Chobani or part of our producer community. And so I'm really looking forward to that because at the end of the day, any nation, any company, any community is only as bright, uh, its future is only as bright as, as its young people. Wow, I think that's fantastic, the, the way that you're mentoring people and, and inspiring them to make a positive difference. Thank you. And, and, and I'll say these, these, these young people are extraordinary. The students that are selected for the scholarship program either come from farm families, so families that own farmland themselves, or they come from families who have experience working on farms. So in some instances, there are students whose parents came to the United States as immigrants and worked on farms themselves. And then some of the students themselves actually have worked on farms too. The lows though, are the same lows that I think a lot of Americans are facing right now. Seeing the, the awful news about the coronavirus and the pandemic as it's striking virtually every corner of our country. That doesn't hit me uniquely because of the role that I have. It merely hits me as a human being. <laughs> Everyone else who's, who's reading about the news and seeing the, the, the carnage that is being laid. The, the need is so enormous that it requires so much more ingenuity and creativity and generosity on behalf of, of so many entities across the very, very many ways in which we can give back, make a difference, and help 
this, the, the millions of people who are struggling as a result of this pandemic. You know, a lot of people think of this as just a public health crisis, but the reality is it is not only a public health crisis, there is a hunger crisis, there is an economic crisis where families are struggling to pay bills and make ends meet. Many folks are out of work still. In light of all the problems caused by the pandemic, what's changed at Jobani and how's Jobani doing? Yeah, you know, I think the business is, is doing well, but I think the biggest thing that's changed is how our company, how every company is looking at. And so we take the approach that a lot of companies take, which is we need to scale up with a nonprofit partner of ours and think as innovatively and boldly as we possibly can. You know, I had a conversation about two weeks ago and we were talking about our grant making and we basically said, you know, there's some, there's some companies, there are some, there are some philanthropies that think uh, often of, of having some money set aside for what you would consider to be a rainy day fund, right? Just like every family, put aside some money for a rainy day. Well, if you're involved in giving back to individuals and to nonprofits, this is the rainy day, our society, companies and beyond. And so for us, the coronavirus has changed the game in a variety of different ways. It's required us to certainly give more and in ways that we hadn't before. So I think the best example of that is the strengthening of a partnership we already had with Feeding America. So in March and April, we got on the phone with them and we said, hey, what can we do to help, right? We saw these massive lines of food banks all across the country. And we took many steps to respond to them. I think the most important was what we considered our, our called our truck a day program, where we donated six and a half million cups of yogurt over the course of, I think all told, it ended up being about, about three or four months, but there was a two month window where we were sending roughly a truckload a day of yogurt to a different food bank all across the country. And I should wow. note, you know, these are our, these are our drivers, our su supply chain partners inside the business. That, that function did incredible, incredible work because in addition to keeping stores uh, shelves stocked, which was a very Herculean task to begin with in the middle of a pandemic, they were also taking the time to ship a product, to drive product to places as remote and as different uh, as El Paso, Texas, as uh, Seattle, Washington, as um, Charleston, West Virginia, as Savannah, Georgia, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., Little Rock, Arkansas, you name it. Uh, and the reality is we hit a number of food banks multiple times. I think we made a total of six or seven donations to El Paso, Texas, because the need was so massive then. And, and, and sadly, now in November of 2020, the need is, is perhaps even larger than it was then. We took a number of other steps through that partnership with Feeding America, too. When they shared with us they needed more food, they also shared that there was a need for resources, and, and not just from companies, but also from the public. And I have to give so much credit to my colleagues in our marketing team, because what they did was they actually, through conversations we had had with Feeding America, they elected to donate airtime that we had for a um, campaign that we were running to promote our products and gave it to Feeding America so that they themselves could go out with an ad encouraging folks to give to their local food banks and to make financial donations to the organization so that the millions of families who are going to bed hungry at night could be fed. I could go on and on about this, this partnership that we have with them and the ways in which we're stepping up and, and the ways in which a lot of companies are stepping up. But it's a great example of how, you know, it's, it's our belief that, in, that so many challenges, the greatest challenges that any society faces can't be met by government and NGOs alone. They have to include really strong, robust involvement by the private sector. We want to be part of that solution and we want to be part of making America whole, complete. 
uh, during a time of, of renewal and growth on the other side of this crisis. To quote your body president, Peter McGinnis, when this is all over, companies will be judged on how they behaved and how much profit is too much profit. And I think, he said, companies are going to be judged on how they treat their employees, how they treat their customers, and how they treat their partners. And Giovanni wants to be on the right side. As Jason shared, giving product to those in need through food banks has always been a fundamental virtue of Giovanni. But since the pandemic began, McGinnis said the manufacturer has turbocharged its donations, even as it manages additional demand and strain on its own supply chain. He explained that while Feeding America and food banks are grateful for a lot of monetary donors, they need product because they're running out of food to give to the surging demand at the food banks. Giovanni wants to ensure that they have access to delicious, nutritious, and natural food as mandated by the company's philosophy. With that in mind, Giovanni does not believe that now is the time for advertising its products when so many Americans are unemployed and hurting. So they donate a lot of their advertising on TV and even on their website to Feeding America so that it can get key messages out. From everything Jason shared to what I've read over the years about Giovanni's good works, it's clear that Giovanni is doing the best it can to be a good corporate citizen that supports all those who support it during other times, including partners and consumers. I'm so glad to get this good news out with the hope it could inspire other companies to step up to the plate and find other ways to assist as the challenges continue to mount posed by the coronavirus pandemic. It's incredibly impressive how Giovanni moves so quickly and generously to contribute huge quantities of yogurt to help nourish people during the pandemic. Clearly, there has to be someone who is in charge of this kind of initiative in order for it to move from a nice idea to a policy and then finally a fully rolled out, efficiently executed plan. That's kudos to our guest, Jason Rollin. The fact that there's an actual role for the Director of Social Impact and Philanthropy says a lot about Giovanni. Thank you, Jason, for sharing your career story and for giving us an insider's view of the great works happening right now at Giovanni. I wish you continued success in your many important initiatives that are making a real positive difference, not only for Giovanni, but for all of society. Thanks so much for having me and, and thanks for thinking of me and also of uh, Giovanni for this exciting opportunity.